What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We think all these diseases that we see in adults, like heart disease and diabetes, starts in adulthood. But they really start in childhood. Studies have shown like plaques on arteries that lead to heart disease in children as young as like eight years old. If you really want to give your child the best start in life, this is one of the ways to do it. You know, limiting meat consumption, which has a lot of extra fat and cholesterol in it, which leads to heart disease and also dairy consumption, too. Hey, it's Monique, and this is episode 83 of the Brown Vegan Podcast, where I love to share strategies on how to start and keep going with a vegan lifestyle and bring on guests to share their experiences. I also like to sprinkle in some vegan business and wellness, too. Be sure to come hang out with me on social media. Let me know what you think of the episode. I'm at Brown Vegan everywhere, and that includes YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So if you're listening to this episode, I know you saw the title and I do have a board certified pediatrician on the show. I have Dr. Ruby Thomas out of Atlanta. I wanted her on because I know there's so many people out there who have questions about whether or not they should start this lifestyle with their families, especially their children. Uh, What do they need to know? How do they make this as practical as possible? Especially if you're getting like pushback from your families and friends, you want to make sure that you, you know, have some confidence about doing this as a family. So I had to have her on here to share that. So Dr. Ruby is not only a pediatrician, but she's a mom. Her children were, they were born into this lifestyle. We talk about picky eaters, what you should do if you're not a vegan already and you have children, how to help transition them from, you know, smaller children as well as teenagers, which is actually a battle that I'm having right now with my own family teenagers, man. They are very, very interesting when it comes to this journey. So we we chat about that. We also chat about what to do to be a social vegan. So if your kids are going to parties, how to handle that, how to handle school events, So like I said, Dr. Ruby is based in the Atlanta area. So if you want her to be your pediatrician, definitely um, check out her website. I linked it at brownvegan.com under episode 83. Check her out. I also think she offers um, online consultations. Don't quote me on that, but definitely check with her. I think that's something that she mentioned to me. If you don't live in Atlanta, that's just a perfect resource for you so that you can 
know that you're getting someone who understands your specific situation and that she'll be able to help you with that. So yeah, all of the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode can be found at brownvegan.com under episode 83. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into why Dr. Ruby decided to become a vegan. Um, it actually had to do with a guy. Um, he later became my husband, so it all worked out for me. <laughs> but this was about oh, how long have we been married? We've been married five years. I've known him since 2005. So about 13 years. So I met him and he was vegan. He was a nice guy. We had good conversations. So I was like, you know, I'll give it a try. I was never really a big meat eater anyway. So I literally gave up um, chicken, turkey, just didn't eat it again after that day. And I quickly realized, you know, dairy, seafood and stuff took a little longer, but I quickly realized how much better I felt. I lost a little weight. My skin cleared up. And I was like, oh, you know, I really enjoy eating this way. So I've sort of been that way ever since and haven't looked back. So how long had he been vegan at that point then? Had it uh, been- he had been vegan since, I think, high school, early college. So I think he was like 10 years in by the time I met him. You know, sometimes people feel like they're, they have to make that decision in order to date him. Did it feel like that? Or is it just kind of like it was natural because you saw that the results that he was getting from it. You know, it was sort of natural. He never mentioned it. He never said, you know, you should stop eating meat. He never said any of that. It was just a decision that I sort of made on my own after seeing, you know, his lifestyle, how he lived, you know, the benefits he got from it. I was in medical school at the time, so I was in the health field. So I was like, I'll give it a try. I knew other people. I had a friend from college who had been vegetarian forever, so I had been exposed to it before. And like I said, I wasn't a huge meat eater anyway. And at any meals, like Thanksgiving, I always enjoyed enjoyed the sides more than I enjoyed the actual meat dishes. Mm -hmm, Me too. (laughs) So so like it wasn't a big deal for me. So I'll try it. Sort of naturally evolved. But no, I never felt any pressure from him at all about it. That is good. I think always that's the best way anyway. When you have a spouse, it's just kind of like or somebody you're dating. It's like, okay, just, you know, kind of just showing with your results instead of making them feel like they have to do it. And exactly. they'll even, Yeah, they'll get on board. So you said at the time you were, on, you were in medical school. Did you yeah. feel like it conflicted with any of the information you were learning to be vegan? Or do you feel like your education actually was aligned with that, with being um, vegan? It didn't conflict because there was no education about nutrition at all. Our nutrition class was like three weeks. And it was all like the biochemistry of it and like nutrient deficiencies. We learned very little about like different dietary styles and how to teach people to eat um, to help with their chronic disease. Like everything I've learned, I've learned through my own experience or through like my own interest in education. So there wasn't a lot of it in medical school at all. I think it's changing now that there's a little more emphasis on it. Because we're seeing so many diseases that have these lifestyle components like diabetes and heart disease and cancer. So there's a little more now, but it's still a struggle to even get it into the curriculum and get students interested in it. You know, it's really sad. Yeah, there's such a disconnect because if you if I go to the doctor right now and I'm someone who, you know, have I'm struggling with diabetes or high cholesterol instead of trying to make it a lifestyle change, I feel like my doctor is just going to write me a prescription and tell me to eat better, but he can't give me specifics on how to do that. Right. And, you know, we don't learn, so we're sort of limited there. We know to tell people, yeah, make lifestyle changes, 
but that's sort of where it ends. Like after that, it's like we can refer to a nutritionist and sometimes they don't even know. How, okay, as a pediatrician, I know you, of course you work with children. So mm-hmm. how, how do you approach this? It's interesting because especially with very small children, this is a time of their life when their parents are very focused on their nutrition anyway. So that ends up being a lot of what we talk about, like infant feeding, when to introduce foods, you know, what formula to introduce or what milks they should drink. And parents tend to have a lot of questions about it. So I just tend to answer parent questions. And a lot of parents come in with their own questions and thoughts. And I just support them and, you know, give them the information and support them in the way they want to feed their child. Mm -hmm. As long as the child is, you know, normal development, growing, healthy, no issues. You know, I feel like a parent should be able to feed them how they feel like they should be fed based on, you know, cultural beliefs, religious beliefs, whatever. Um, So that's sort of the approach I take with it. Yeah, I feel like you have an amazing advantage because I think, like you said, I remember when my kids were small, that's when I had a lot of questions for their doctor about, you know, especially like picky eaters and, you know, uh, like, are are they getting enough nutrients? All of those things. So I think that's, you have a a really amazing position to set kids up to eat better because maybe they don't even, I think because parents are more open when their kids are that young. Yeah, exactly. To that conversation. So it's okay. Let's talk about the formula. Do you, as a, as a vegan yourself, as a plant-based eater yourself, how do you feel? um, What formula would you recommend for infants? So I'll tell you what I did. Because my oldest son is seven now. When he was born, first baby, I said, I'm going to breastfeed him for at least a year. I had all these plans and goals. And of course, like my milk dried up when he was four months old. So I was like, oh, no, I hadn't really prepared because I was like, well, you know, I had planned to breastfeed him. So I hadn't researched any formulas. I knew of different ones just being in the field, but I wasn't. We agreed we weren't, weren't going to do dairy. I wasn't super excited about giving him a soy formula. So I ended up making my own, like I took out a calculator and some books and did some calculations on calories and fat and protein and um, mixed one up. So I did like some rice milk um, with some hemp protein and some flax oil and some coconut oil. I think I put some molasses in there because it's higher in iron, um, some probiotics and vitamin D. And he drank that until he was about one. So, you know, and if you look at the ingredients and formula, there's a lot of stuff in there that is not good, like corn syrup, solids and all this stuff you would never give your child. But because it's in a nice can of formula and it's got Similac on it, you think it's good for them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I made my own and it had the same things in it that the commercial formulas had. and He did fine on it. So, you know, I tell parents to do their research, make their own decisions. Um, Organic soy is an option, but make sure it's organic. There are also like what's called elemental formulas where and these are given to babies who have like a milk protein allergy Mm -hmm. where like the proteins are really, really broken down. So there's no dairy or allergens in it. They tend to be super expensive um, and they don't taste that great. But that is also an option if you're a vegan parent wanting to give your child a vegan formula. Yeah. I love how you were able to just make that for yourself and your son. I mean, make that for your son. Did it take, was it time consuming to do that? Um, or did you just kind of, since you had the formula, I mean, you had your, the measurements, you just kind of put it together every few days. How did that look? Uh, I put it together a few days because mm-hmm. I would do like a, a quart of uh, rice milk. And then mix everything up in the blender, blender, 
And, you know, he drank about six ounces at a time. So I ended up having to make it every one or two days just so. And then it wouldn't keep in the refrigerator that long. Right. So I just made it every one to two days to just be on the safe side. It sounds easy, though. It doesn't sound. Yeah, it doesn't sound complicated. I like that. So I'm not high maintenance at all. (laughs) If it takes more than like 30 minutes to do in the kitchen, I'm not interested. Right. So it has to be super easy. (laughs) I know. I saw your website that you have like uh, a meal plan for like busy families with like 30 minute recipes. And I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. So we're going to get into that later because I'm like, yeah, I'm all for making it, you know, making things simple. So, yeah. So it sounds like your children were born into this lifestyle then. If your son started off with the, um, your homemade formula. So yeah. how has that been? Because I know your kids are seven and four. It's been fine. They don't know anything different. So they're used to it. And they're not really interested in meat or anything else. They still get all the childhood foods that we love. So they still love pizza. And we make carrot dogs instead of hot dogs. And we make veggie burgers and french fries. And they get their cakes and cupcakes at school for their birthday. And I'm thankful because my children's schools are really, like, flexible and open. And I like their because they know they're vegan and they don't get certain things. So even if other kids bring in treats, the teachers know that my kids shouldn't have them. Um, so it's been pretty smooth. I, I can't really complain too much about it. So I have to ask you the question that I feel like a lot of people want to know. Is it healthy to have a vegan, to raise your children vegan? Is that healthy? Is this a good lifestyle? I have, I already know your answer, but I have to, <laughs> I have to pose the question that way. Is it a healthy well, decision to have um, I, vegan children? I'm going to do a mommy brag for a moment and say, well, my seven-year-old is doing pre-algebra already. So what? you tell me if it's healthy or not. <laughs> And he runs three miles, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah. So it's totally healthy. Um, Feeding somebody fruits and vegetables and whole grains really hasn't killed anybody. And it's healthier than feeding your child like fast food McDonald's every day. It's interesting because vegan parents get all these questions and is your kid healthy? Do they get this? Are they getting enough nutrients? But if a parent was feeding their kid Chick-fil-A and McDonald's every day, they wouldn't get those same questions. Man. And those foods are far less healthy yes. than vegan food. You know what I mean? Right. It's Call them no out. Call them out. It's <laughs> just no meat or dairy. And there are right. like places all over the world where people like exist on mainly a plant-based diet and they're totally fine. They don't have the chronic disease as we see over here. Yes, I know. Call them out on it. It's crazy because I know my my children, I have three boys and when they were younger, I didn't get a whole bunch of pushback from the people that I'm closest to. So I guess it didn't matter. But people who didn't really know me well were just like, oh, you know, they're going to be so frail and I know they're hungry and there's no options out there for them. And and it's just crazy how much pushback you get from strangers about how your children eat or just people in general. And no one questions, like you said, McDonald's. No one questions that this is normal and eating vegetables isn't, which is right. insane. It really it's is. Insane. Yeah. And, it, and here's the thing. We think all these diseases that we see in adults, like heart disease and diabetes, starts in adulthood. But they really start in childhood. Like studies have shown like plaques on arteries that lead to heart disease in children as young as like eight years old. So... You know, I'm a doctor, so I'm always coming at it from the health angle. Like, if you really want to give your child the best start in life, you know, this is one of the ways to do it. You know, limiting meat consumption, which has a lot of extra fat and cholesterol in it, which leads to heart disease and also dairy consumption, too. 
because dairy can be, you know, we know it's an allergen. We know it can be inflammatory for some people. So, you know, it's not bad to limit those things. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. This is why I wanted you on here because we needed the medical <laughs> perspective yeah. on it. And you're a mom. So yeah. I, I just want to see how you do it. Is there anything, okay, so as if someone is listening and they're like, okay, I want to eat more, um, I want my child to eat more fruits and vegetables, but they don't like fruits and vegetables um, because we're one of those parents, because I can relate to this. I used to be one of those parents that I would hit a drive through after I got off work because it was convenient and it wasn't expensive, you know? So right. what do you suggest, you know, for people who have children who, or, or maybe your children's age are a little older who want to try to get them to eat more fruits and vegetables? Um, two things. One, smoothies are like the best thing that has ever happened to me. Um, yes. After after I took my son off of formula, he was really picky when he was two. He probably wouldn't eat anything. So we started giving him smoothies every morning, like some spinach, put some fruit in there. We put some chia seeds, some flax seeds, some coconut oil, some everything. And he drank those every day. And he likes them. And to this day, they still ask me, you know, can we get our smoothie in the morning? Like their green smoothie, they want it. Um, so smoothies are a great way to sneak food in. And I'm also, my husband's actually a farmer, so we have a big um, garden in our backyard. Nice. And so we grow fruit, we grow veggies mainly. We have some fruit trees too. But they'll go out into the garden and, you know, normally a child probably wouldn't eat a piece of okra if you put it on his plate. But I've seen them go out to the garden with their dad and pull some okra off the plant and he gives it to them and they take a bite and they're eating it. So just make it's like fun for them to see you know how the veggies grow where they come from and then they taste them they pull leaves off of plants and just eat them so i say giving them that exposure even if you don't have a garden you know when you go to the grocery store the farmer's market letting them pick out what to try you know try a new fruit or veggie every week let them decide how they want to eat it you know my son asked for mangoes this week i said okay we could do mangoes you know because we don't do that a lot so Just including them, making it fun for them, it's a big thing. Absolutely. I agree with both because my middle son was my picky eater. And with the smoothies, I would always sneak some fresh vegetables in there. And then when he got a little older and he realized there was a difference in the color with the smoothies, I started giving him cups that you couldn't. (laughs) Actually, he was like a toddler. I would give him a cup and then it had a lid on it and it was like had a straw. So he didn't really... (laughs) It was still right. It was still sweet. So he didn't question it. He was just like, oh, okay. He would just drink it. But he was getting, like you said, the flaxy, the chia. He was getting spinach. So that is an amazing tip. And exposure is, oh, my gosh. And even when he would say, oh, I don't want this on my plate because I'm not going to eat it. I would still put a little bit of whatever on his plate because I knew the more that he saw it, the more that it was. So he's just like, okay, I might as well try it because it's going to be here every time. (laughs) So exposure is huge. I love that. Yeah. And especially with new foods, um, toddlers have to be exposed like 20 plus times before they become familiar with it and start eating it. So even if you they're not eating it, just keep introducing and offering and showing them. Absolutely. You know, and eventually. And two, you're forming patterns for when they're adults, because, you know, if you think about it, we really eat like we ate when we were kids for yes. the most part. You know, you're trying to change that. You know, you grow up, you become vegan, you decide to do a different dietary choice for whatever reason. But, you know, the comfort foods that we eat is what we ate when we were a kid, mac and cheese and cake. And that's the stuff I like. 
because that was my comfort food as a kid. So if you expose kids to this stuff young, that's going to be what they're familiar with. So even when they're an adult and thinking back about, oh, what did mom cook? What did mom do to keep us healthy? They'll fall back to this stuff. Yes. So it's like a long-term benefit too. So what should parents focus on when it's time for them to, I guess, do their meal planning to ensure that their children you know, are getting everything that they need? What are some of the, I guess, the vitamins or some of the ingredients? What should, they, what should be some of the things that they t- try to incorporate? Yeah, so if you're familiar with the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, yes, they have like a, a plate that has like the four food groups on it. So it's fruit, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes. Mm-hmm. And um, so I tell parents, focus on those four food groups and then focus on different colors of the rainbow because different colors, fruits and vegetables will have different nutrients in it. And that's the way to make it fun, too. So, you know, you don't have to think too hard about it. (laughs) Beans, whole grain rice, fruit, blueberry, vegetable, broccoli. It's not complicated. Kids like simple things. So that's simple. They can see what everything is. It's different colors. It's colorful. They can eat it. Mm. Boom, you're done. So what are some of your your kids? What meals do they really like? Uh, My kids love quinoa. So... When I'm really Ain't like that's something, Doctor Ruby. <laughs> I love it. Because I didn't even know what quinoa was when I was a kid. That's Me that's neither. amazing. Go ahead. <laughs> Me neither, but they love it. So um, one of my simple go-to meals is like I'll make some quinoa and then I'll take um, a pack of those frozen veggies, like the gardener's mix, like the carrot, peas, corn, and I just cook the frozen veggies and mix it with the quinoa and season it up, and they love that. Mm-hmm. And so that, is that <laughs> lunch or dinner? What is that? What meal? Either. And what else, if it's dinner, what else is with it? Or is it just by itself like that? Sometimes that's it, because that's protein and veggies. I may give them some fruit. Some fruit. I may cook some beans with it. Some beans. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Because I was like, I wonder if my kids, well, when they were younger, would would they have done that? Now I have teenagers now, so, you know, it's a whole nother (laughs) situation. (laughs) But when they were little, I wonder if I would have been able to get away with that. Yeah, they love any. They love quinoa and beans. They love rice and beans, so we do that a lot. Um, they love patties, so we do a lot of black bean burgers or chickpea patties, home fries. My old, my youngest loves sweet potatoes, so he'll eat anything with a sweet potato in it. Um, they love broccoli, so that's typically when we go out. They usually get some broccoli on the plate, um, but just simple stuff, quick stuff, because I'm like I'm not spending two hours in the kitchen every night making dinner so um, they love pasta so lasagna spaghetti you know typical childhood stuff and that's what it's about because I think another important thing to remember um, for people who are just getting started is the fact that you can make vegan versions of all of the things that you ate just like you said you used to love macaroni and cheese growing up you can make that vegan and still make it you know as filling and delicious and you know, savory as it was when you were a kid. So I think that sometimes it's easy to overthink a lot of this. Like you can make corn dogs if your kids like corn dogs, make a vegan version or buy it that way. So yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be complicated. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And that's that's why I tell people to start if they're thinking, oh, what do I do? I said, just take your favorite meals and try to make a vegan version of it. Yep. And see how it goes. Yep. And then if you try something and you don't like it, try something else. And try so, something else. Yeah, because I remember when I first started, I tried, it took like four or five different macaroni and cheese recipes to get one that I, I like. So you just have yeah. to be willing to 
um, explore and try new things. So, yeah. yeah this is that. literally what I do. Like, when I want to eat something, I have a taste for something, I sit down and I go to Google and I go vegan macaroni and cheese. I type <laughs> it in and I scroll because there's so much out there now. Yes. Like blogs and recipes and books. Like, it's so easy to find stuff. Last night, I wanted some biscuits. So I said, let me see if I can Google quick vegan biscuits and found a recipe for like 15 minute biscuits. Wow. I had everything. I whipped them up. I made nine. My husband ate six of them. What? And yeah, I was <laughs> like, because he ate dinner after we had finished. Uh-huh. So I had left. I made the mistake of leaving like the biscuits on a plate. Yes, honey, I'm telling on you. Um, so I put the boys to bed. I came back downstairs. I said, well, I want another biscuit. And I went looking for them. And I saw the plate in the sink. So I went upstairs and I was like, did you eat the rest of the biscuits? He was like, yeah, I think I ate four. I was like, no, I made nine. We each had one. So you ate six. Wow. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Not six biscuits, though. Not six. I mean, come on. They must be good. They were good. I wish I had another, but yeah. So vegan food can be good too, you see. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Because people think it's gonna it's gonna change their lives completely, and it is for the better. You know, it's yeah, not exactly. going to be. Yeah, it's not gonna be this this uh, daunting <laughs> thing when you have kids. So let's get into how to make uh, veganism, I guess, more accessible for older kids. Um, and this is from my own experience. I have teenagers now, and even though they were, my oldest son was about seven or eight when we started this journey. Now that he's older, doing his own thing, he's not as interested in being vegan, even though I feel like I did all that work when he was younger. Ah. But anyway, what do you suggest? What tips do you have for people who have older children and they're just getting started on their journey, like how to keep the kids engaged and how to keep the kids going with this? I mean, I think it goes back to keeping them involved and letting them, you know, make some of the choices about, you know, what to eat, you know, what to cook, even involving them in the cooking finding things that they like, like if they like, I don't know, French toast, you know, showing them that you can make a vegan version of it and it can still taste good. Sometimes, you know, I sometimes take a hard line with it, like, you know, who does the cooking in the house? So if you're the one doing the cooking in the house, then they have an option. They can eat what you cook. This is especially with teenagers. Eat what you cook or they can make the choice to prepare their own food, which if they want to go out and buy groceries and come in the kitchen and cook whatever they buy, they can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think parents sometimes are afraid that if they don't do something for their kids, they're not going to eat at all. But a normal, healthy human being is not going to purposefully starve themselves to death. Like they'll eat eventually. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you know, they either have to get on board or decide to make their own choices and do their own thing. Which is, you know, a life lesson. Like, hey, that's fine. You don't want to cook what I eat. Then it's time for you to learn how to cook your own food. Yeah. That's totally okay, too. That's my approach. I feel the same way. Yeah. I'm, I'm not look, short order cook. I'm not making multiple meals. I'm not doing it. I'll, I, I'll get your feedback. What do you want? Because at this point, they know what they like. So it's like, what do you want? Um, I'll cook it. If right. not, then that's on you. You want your own money. So, right. Yep. And I, I got, I'm starting young. I got my kids watching MasterChef Junior. So they got like seven and eight year olds on there making stuff that I can't even make. So I'm like, look, these seven year olds can do it. You know, I'm pretty sure y'all can cook some simple vegan food. And I'm starting my seven year old off with this is how you do quinoa. This is how you do rice. 
I'm trying to get him not to be so afraid of the knife so I can teach him how to chop. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, and that's that's a, like foundational as well because when they're older, they're like, okay, I remember when I used to cook this. Just like I remember some of the stuff I cooked with my dad growing up and my grandmother. Right. Yep. So what about dealing with your family? Because I kind of mentioned earlier about sometimes how strangers and family may have something to say about the fact that your kids are vegan. So what suggestions do you have for someone to kind of deal with that <laughs> or addressing the family situation? Yeah, this this can be a tricky one because, you know, especially if it's somebody, you have a younger child and it's somebody like who you leave your child with and they watch them and they don't necessarily respect your choices. You sort of got to put it to them like, hey, grandma, like if you want to watch little Bobby, you know, over the weekend, we're vegan. He's not supposed to eat certain food. And, you know, if that if you can't abide by those rules that I as his parents set down, then, you know, you're going to lose the privilege of, you know, watching them or whatever. And sometimes it's just educating and showing people that, you know, they eat everything that, you know, everybody else eats and they're totally fine and they're healthy. I think sometimes you have to show people a little more than you can tell them. So mm-hmm. taking the good vegan food to the party <laughs> You know, taking that nice vegan cake to Thanksgiving dinner and then not telling anybody it's vegan and letting it be gone. And like, oh, y'all know that was a vegan cake, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, for real? <laughs> you know that was vegan lasagna, right? Oh, for real, right? <laughs> and just showing them that, you know, it's, it's just food. It's not, um, you know, you're not poisoning your child. Your child isn't deprived of anything. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if you're if you're like super like desperate. I don't want to say desperate. I don't know if that's the right word. But sometimes I just tell people, yeah, they have an allergy. Like they don't do milk. They're allergic. People understand allergies. So if you say, yeah, they're allergic to milk, they're allergic to whatever, then they're very careful about what they give them. So I think if that's a last resort, you can resort to that too. You're so right. I, I talked about this because we're going to go into like being a social vegan next. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this with um, someone on a previous episode about how um, he said when he goes to a restaurant, he'll say that he's allergic to eggs and, uh, yeah, <laughs> and exactly. dairy because he said it was just easier to say that he was vegan because then people are like, OK, what is that? Or they don't they're kind of dismissive when you do it that right. way. But when there's an allergy involved, it's like, OK. All right, let me make sure that this doesn't have it. So, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. So that just kind of goes into about being a social vegan. How is it um, having your kids and, and inviting, they're being invited to a birthday party? Are you um, a parent that lets the kids partake in the, the desserts at the party or do you bring desserts? How do you handle that? Um, I'm a little bit of both. Every now and then I'll just let them have whatever's there. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people now, most of the people we socialize with either are vegan as well or they know we're vegan. So a lot of the time they'll make sure there's something there that we can have, which is really nice. Sometimes I just take, make something and take it or buy something and take it so that I know my kids can eat it. Um, keeping snacks in the purse, you know, you're not a mama if you don't have snacks in your purse, you know. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> it's imperative, right? And sometimes it's just about teaching a lesson, especially as my kids get older. It's like, you know, sometimes you're not going to be able to have what everybody else is having because it's not good for you and it's not something you do. So I think that's a lesson that could have kept a lot of us out of trouble if we learned it earlier in life. Like what everybody else is doing may not be for you. So, you know, it's okay to do your own thing or to say no or decline. 
And that's the good thing about starting them so young because my boys know what they eat and don't eat now. So especially my oldest, he'll be like, no, I'm vegan. I don't eat that. Or he'll come and ask me before he had something like, can I have that, mommy? And I'll say yes or no. So, yeah, if you're even thinking about it, like maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, then I would say start as early with your kids as possible. You can always introduce more later, but it's harder to take away stuff you've already introduced, you know. So what type of, con- I know that your children were born into this lifestyle, but what do you recommend as far as the conversation about transitioning? If you say you have a six-year-old at home right now, what does that conversation look like? Do you get into like why you're doing it? Because I think when you're a child, you know, telling a child that, oh, I want, you know, you wish to be vegan for health is not that compelling to a six-year-old when they want to eat ice cream at what is the places? I don't even know what the ice cream places are called. I don't know. <laughs> when they want to go out to the ice cream parlor, that's not compelling to a six-year-old. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm like, what's the name of the ice cream places? I don't even know. But um, that's not compelling enough to make someone want to be vegan in the summertime when there's ice cream right there when they're six years old. So what do you suggest as, you know, as far as the conversation? How does that look, you think? Um, maybe I'm old school where I'm like, uh, six-year-old, what do we need to have a conversation about? Like, oh, we oh, don't eat oh. this food anymore. <laughs> So I said, no, so we're not eating it. Um, Older kids, you know, I think it's easier to have that. But I think with younger, you sort of have to take it away and replace it. Don't just take away the ice cream and say, "Okay, Billy, we can't go to that ice cream shop. But look what I got over here. We have this ice cream we're going to eat now. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And let them experience it. Like, it's going to be hard to explain to them why. You know, you took away their chicken nuggets. They just want the chicken nuggets. So say we're not eating these nuggets anymore. These are the ones we're eating. Yeah. Uh So I know we're going to we're about to get ready to wrap up. And I want to know before we do wrap up, what are some tips? Some I guess some closing tips that you want to give families who are looking to bring up some vegan kids. Like, what do you suggest? Any last minute tips? For one, I say find a farmer or a garden that you can have a relationship with and let them experience how food grows out of the earth, for one. And two, I would say keep it simple. Don't feel like you have to be like Martha Stewart in the kitchen or be top chef. I use frozen vegetables. I use canned beans. We keep it very simple and we have a lot of herbs and seasonings we use. So don't feel like you have to whip up super fancy meals. You can eat the same foods or very similar foods to what you eat now. And they can be super easy to make and tasty. Mm -hmm. So don't overwhelm yourself. Yes. Don't overthink it. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. So I know that you have, speaking of keeping it simple, you have a PDF on your website where people can download to um, get some 30 minute meal ideas. Can you tell us about that? And also how we can reach you where you live. If somebody wants you to be their pediatrician, like all of that good stuff, go ahead, take it away. Well, I'm in Atlanta, hot Atlanta during the summer. So yeah, I have five simple recipes for vegan families. It's on my website at rubythomasmd.com. And it has a smoothie recipe, um, a couple of entrees, a good salad, and um, even a dessert recipe in there all which you can make in 30 minutes or less. So definitely encourage you to check that out. Yes, I'll be sure to put all of the show notes and Dr. Ruby's links at brownvegan.com so that you can reach out to her. Thank you so, so much for being on the show, Dr. Ruby. Sharing your expertise and helping the, the next generation of people go vegan. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's fun. 
I hope this episode was helpful. Come over to my Instagram or Facebook page at Brown Vegan and let me know your thoughts. Also, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes to make it easy for other people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.